With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC. And the fallout from the West Ham defeat continues as some people lose their minds, some try to rationalise and others try to just make excuses. So, there are very much three camps on this. The first camp, I think there's a bit of arrogance to suggest that Liverpool played well, that Liverpool deserved something from the game. Some people trying to point to XG stats, which are flawed at best. Others ignoring the the game state, what actually happened. Some pointing to possession and saying that means Liverpool had control when... It, in truth, nothing could be further from reality. But the idea that that defeat somehow defines Liverpool's season or ends Liverpool's season as title challengers is just a very, very strange thing. And I'm also seeing a rush of people online wanting to criticise Alison Becker for inconsistencies. The guy's been unbelievable all season. I'm seeing people put forward what they're terming as analysis on Trent Alexander-Arnold for two of the goals. Now, if we take the goals one by one, I think there's no question the first one, there is a foul, but Alisson should do better. The second one, there's a bunch of players who should do better. Trent is one. He tracks the Fornals run, but he also gambles. As three Liverpool players converge on Jared Bone, Robertson, Oxley chamberlain and Fabinho, he gambles that they're going to take the ball off him. And that's what he does by design. That is not him freelancing. That is by instruction. Because Liverpool want to turn the ball over and get moving in the opposite direction and Trent will be key to everything going the other way. Andy Robertson should do a lot better. That's his man. That right winger is his man. He's too far away from Bowen when Bowen picks up possession. Oxley chamberlain should do better. He's very close to Bowen and should get a tackle in. Or at the very least, commit the foul. Fabinho comes across to try and win the ball or commit the foul, whichever. He's not too fussed. He's just too far away. He doesn't quite get there in time because he's been asked to do too much in the midfield right now. Joel Matip should do better. Fornals is running straight at him. He makes the decision to press Jared Bohm. Whether he misreads where Virgil van Dijk is or not, I don't know. But each of them should do better, along with Trent. And then Alisson should do better. It's not a well-hit shot. I think most days Allison probably does save it. I think he misjudges it. I think Allison is expecting a powerful drive and sets himself to deal with a powerful drive. And when the ball trickles to his left, or to his left, I don't think he's just in the best position to deal with it. 
But some have tried to make out that Trent is extremely culpable for that goal. And I, I just don't see it that way. I see five other players who could also have done better the way he could have done better. I see two or three who are more to blame than him. And that's not excusing him. Like I say, he should do better. But by instruction, he gambles on a turnover because Liverpool turned the ball over a lot. And the hope would be that when three players converge on one, we'll take the ball away and not just let the man slide through. The third goal, again, there's a lot of people wanting to blame Trent, wanting to blame Alison Becker. I don't think either of them are to blame. It's a brilliant corner. Moyes has always been really good at attacking set pieces, using back cuts, screens, dummy runs. And we see all of them in that moment. Suchek makes a dummy run that also doubles as a screen. And he blocks Fabinho being able to go with Kurt Zuma. Zuma makes the back cut run to the back post. He's an enormous human being. He's one of the best in the air in Europe. And he's got about four inches and probably about four stone on Trent. Plus he's got more momentum going towards the ball. I don't think Trent, even if he'd attacked that ball from where he, his starting position was, I don't think Trent is able to reach that ball. That ball is hanging right under the crossbar, which is eight foot tall. I don't know that Trent, off one step, would be able to get to that ball. Zuma's coming off three or four powerful strides. And he's an absolute monster in the air. The only thing Trent could have done there is foul him. I don't know how it can be Alison Becker's fault either. Because at no point during the flight of that ball is it in a place for him to come and deal with. And it's in a point blank region when Zuma heads it. And he heads it full force. And I don't think Trent, or I don't think Alison could have done anything better. I think we just have to accept that it's a very, very good free kick, a very, very good set piece that West Ham have worked and taken advantage of the fact that we play zone. Now, maybe should, someone should have picked the, the run of Zuma up earlier, but what are they really going to do? Block him off? Well, then you risk a penalty being given. The third goal, the more I watch it, the more I don't think you can find blame with anything to do with what Liverpool did in that moment. It's just a very well-worked uh, very, very well set, uh, set piece. The first two, obviously, are different. The bigger issue on the third goal is the concession of the corner that Virgil's forced into by the midfield not doing their job. That's where I would look to assign blame is how was Antonio allowed to run through like that? How did that situation occur? There's going to be a lot of chatter about this game now because there's no game over the international break. And it's quite clear that Liverpool have some issues that they need to address. The midfield is the biggest one. Fabinho's being asked to do an awful lot of work. Trent is being asked to do an awful lot of work. 
between the, the two of them, they've been asked currently to do three roles. Maybe in time, it's something that will click, but right now it's not clicking. It's probably something that Jurgen should move away from. We'll move around the main Liverpool sites. Um, this is Anfield's lead article today. Is Liverpool must turn shock into wake-up call after sleepwalking into Moyes ball. I haven't read the piece yet. I will read it. I'm not sure... I'm not sure about the phrase Moyes ball. I really hope it's not been used to diminish what West Ham did in this game because they were outstanding in every aspect of the game, in every phase of play. I hope it's not that, but if it is, it is. Uh, Stephen Scrag's written it, so it's probably it's probably a very good article. He's a, a very, very good writer. Um Ibrahima Kanate says trust is, was key in his signing for mythical Liverpool. So he trusts that there is a long-term plan for him. He trusts that he will become a starter, that he hasn't just been brought in to be a squad player, that there is a real role for him as time goes by. From a personality point of view, he seems to fit in really well since joining. Doesn't seem to be in a big rush to establish himself as first choice. Obviously, he wants to, but he's not, you know, throwing the toys. He's not banging in the manager's office door, demanding to know why he's not starting. He understands that a starting spot at Liverpool, in most cases, needs to be earned. So, piece here that says Liverpool scouted two forwards over the weekend. One of them is. Federico Chiesa and the other is Dusan Vlahovic, both of whom were linked in the summer. Um, Chiesa's situation is just too messy to, to deal with at the minute. Owned by Fiorentina, loaned to Juventus. Juventus have an obligation to buy. So it's practically impossible to, to buy him until Juventus have bought him. Uh, Vlahovic, I mean, at the start of the summer, his price was meant to be 35 million by the end of it it was 70 million so you know there was no real rhyme or reason for that there was no logic to it it's just what happened as more teams got involved on liverpool.com the main article says new liverpool formation can fix major jurgen klopp problem and get more from joel matip so the suggestion here is that liverpool could move to a back three now Jurgen Klopp has been in charge of Liverpool for six years. I can remember one game where Liverpool started with a back three. That was Brighton away when Wijnaldum and Emre Chan started either side of Dejan Lovren. He has gone to a back three in-game, late in-game, a few times. And obviously some of Liverpool's build-up play does involve one of the midfielders dropping in between the centre-backs or to the right of the centre-backs. But it seems very unlikely that Liverpool would do this. See, the issue is Liverpool's defence isn't the issue. Liverpool's midfield is the issue. The defence is being left overworked. They're being left exposed. That is the issue. Not the fact that the defence, which is the same defence that was one of the best in Europe, 
1819 and 1920 has they haven't gotten any worse Virgil's obviously not quite what he was still working his way back from the injury but Trent is better Andy Robertson's out of form fair enough a switch to a back three is not going to change that he's still going to be out of form it seems really unlikely that Jurgen Klopp would do this the bigger issue for Liverpool is the lack of a defensive presence in midfield alongside Fabinho. Liverpool have a lot of very good on-ball and attacking midfielders, but Thiago and Naby are the two best defensive mid- midfielders from a defensive point of view after Fab. But to use them in that Wijnaldum role is a waste of how good they are on the ball because Liverpool build down the right. You want either of them on the right-hand side. Now, if both of them were fitting in the team, then you could have some logic to it. You could play Naby on the right and have him involved in the build-up and then use Thiago to control things a bit more from the left-hand side. But if Naby's not in the team, Thiago should play right. The issue then is, does nobody to play on the left-hand side because both Curtis and Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain are more suited to that right-hand side, that more attacking role. Jordan Henderson can't play on the left. So, while Liverpool may have eight midfielders, other than Fabinho, the best use of any of them is that right-hand side role. Unless you're going to change how Liverpool play, which doesn't really seem all that likely. Liverpool midfield answer may have passed 100 million transfer, transfer audition as best in the world claim is justified. This is a piece about Declan Rice. And I'm really sorry, but in no way is Declan Rice the answer to Liverpool's problems in midfield. He's not a number eight. He would struggle in Liverpool's midfield. And while he did play very well at the weekend, the notion of him being a hundred million pound player is ridiculous. Uh, This article uses a tweet from somebody who says this goes some way to explaining why Declan Rice is worth 100 million plus to West Ham for those who say it's a daft valuation. It's using West Ham ranked statistics of blocks, interceptions, passing accuracy, possession, one successful passes and tackles one. But that's among West Ham players. Show me where he ranks in the league. And the idea of him being the best in the world, I mean, Fabinho's better than for starters. Will Fendidi is better. Rodri is better. I personally prefer Calvin Phillips. I think Rice is good. He may even become very good. But for now, the idea of paying $100 million for him is ridiculous. And the idea that he would be the one to come in and fix Liverpool's problems is just strange. Because at no point has he showed anything to suggest he could play as an eight in Liverpool's team. Even as a lone pivot in a three, he has struggled. He is best in a two, either with Suchek for West Ham or Phillips for England. In a three, he looks a little bit lost in his natural position, let alone an unnatural position like playing him as a left-sided eight. Uh, Liverpool could target £43 million transfer for a star likened to Luis Suarez 
and Fernando Torres, this being Darwin Nunes, really, really good player. I do like him. He's a player that could well be worth consideration, um, especially if Vlahovic does prove to be too expensive. There's been some rumours in the last few days about uh, Alexander Izak from Real Sociedad. So clearly a, a striker is something that's out there that people are talking about Liverpool doing, whether that's true or not. None of us will know. Uh, on Anfieldindex.com, Stephen Smith's player ratings is the latest article up. Uh, Podcast-wise, Mr. Drinkle, do we have anything coming out today? We have Rate Don't Hate, which might just be me and Tadeo at the minute because uh, Kay and Hannah are busy. Um, so it might just be me and Tadeo whinging about the midfield. Um, I'm not sure when Under Pressure is out, but it's usually Tuesdays, but international mm. break. Who knows? Um, and Mark is recording the next edition of What If, but that'll probably come out next week. And yourself and Mark recorded one a couple of weeks ago, which will probably be out either tomorrow or Thursday. Perfect, perfect. So that's what we have coming from a podcast point of view. Like I said, Stephen Smith's article, uh, his player ratings are up on the site. So do give those a quick listen. I do give those a quick read. Um, there will be more to come. Obviously, Stephen does have an article that's due out tomorrow, I believe. So um, there'll probably be something from Sam McGuire this week as well. So do check those out. And uh, I'll see you tomorrow. You take care of yourselves. Enjoy the international break in whatever way it is you choose to do so, you heathens. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.